We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McEachran, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Our guest on this episode of Eager to Know tells me her happy place is wherever people connect, virtually or in person. She has lots of energy, lots of positive energy. She originated, however, for an experience that had lots of not-so-positive interactions with people and not-so-positive interactions with her peers. I am always curious about people's origin story and how or if it relates to their current life. Fasten your seatbelts, double-check your lap bars, and get ready for my conversation with Dina Bakowitz. So, Dina, I want to start with you telling our listeners... What you do, because there's a lot. So I am not going to attempt to describe it myself. So it needs to come from you. Okay. I blend comedy, creativity, and business. That is the framework I have come up with to describe my brand and my services, because I really do bridge both the business world with coaching and consulting and training and marketing and branding, and I'm in the creative world. I've launched a production company with a woman in New York. I'm a writer. I write and perform comedy. I produce. So the best way I can really tie that all up is to say I blend comedy and creativity with business. It's a package deal. Now, comedy, I don't think comedy is something that I've covered on the podcast yet. Oh. So tell me about that. Have you always been a f- the funny girl in class? Were you the cut up? No. I, I mean, I've always been funny, and it's partly in my DNA. It's partly genetic. It's partly I, I'm Jewish. We come from, you know, our, our community, our people are like, oh, hey, this is horrible. Let's say something funny about it and tell a joke. Um but also my funny in my family were all very clever. And so I grew up with this very healthy respect for humor. Our way of showing affection was really insulting each other. So, you know, maybe not the healthiest, but great for great for making people laugh. And I I, I do say I went into comedy because I couldn't find a good therapist. And <laughs> comedy's more fun, you know, more it's more fun, more applause, more drinking, more sex. <laughs> When did you start getting into comedy? Like, tell me about how that happened. Yeah, so how, so, but to go back to your point, as a kid, I was funny, but I was not the class cut up. I was not popular. I was not confident. I was this shy, insecure little frizzball. I never fit in. I, I was, I hate to use the word, but weird. That's what other people called me. I don't know that I thought of myself that way. I know that I was different. And that was not fun. It wasn't. Um, I felt very isolated and alone. But having a sense of humor, it's a coping mechanism. It really is. And they say, you're not going to do well in comedy if you had a happy childhood. So I'm like, I'm going to be great. <laughs> but it, yeah. Now, so when you were a kid, and you grew up in Quebec, Montreal, right? Or Montreal? Yes, Montreal. Montreal. Yes. Um, so were you picked on? Oh, or were yeah. You t- I okay. was. So I'm super tiny. And, and I realized that like, there's no filter on Zoom or on my mouth, apparently. There is no filter on Zoom that will make you look taller. And um, 
So wait, how tall are you? I am a sweet four foot six and three quarters. <gasps> oh my goodness. I'm wow. I'm tiny. I'm little, but I'm not a little person. So like one more club that's excluding me as if I didn't have enough self-esteem issues. You know, like I want to <laughs> belong somewhere. And the thing was, I never really belonged anywhere because I also fit in in a lot of places. And the reason I was picked on was my looks, but also my personality. It's not like I had one place where I fit in and, oh, these are my people. Did comedy help you in being a funny person, help diffuse situations? I was picked on because of my size. It's the first thing you see about me is that I'm tiny. And I was heavier as a kid also. Like, I just physically didn't look like other people. But I think the second layer of being bullied and teased on picked on was certainly my personality. I absolutely always gravitated towards creativity and creative people. I, my first love was theater and dance. I'm not even sure. What, I think dance came first because my mother said she did exercises with me practically from the day I was born. And I absolutely loved dance class. She put me in class when I was two and a half. And even then I had some sense of, this class is boring. I, I didn't like it. I, I made her find me a better dance class to take, which, you know, for two and a half year olds is pretty ballsy. So I, at least I knew how to stand up for myself in certain ways that really mattered to me. And then I remember doing one of my first shows. I might have been, I don't know, six years old and standing on the edge. I played the witch and it could have been Sleeping Beauty. It could have been Snow White, but I got to play the witch, which is the absolute opposite of my personality, right? The witch is strong and powerful and fearless. And I stood at the edge of this stage with hundreds of people in the audience and I raised my arms up and I was like, and it felt so wonderful and freeing and just I always was drawn to musicals, old Hollywood musicals were my thing. Again, not really a great way to fit in with kids your own age. Yeah. <laughs> when you're like stuck in the, you know, 20s and 30s, my grandmother would even make fun, not make fun of me, but she'd be like, why are you watching these movies? They're old. <laughs> they were from her generation and she was more contemporary than I was. But yes, I always knew I was a creative. I loved creative people. So I do say that my people are creatives. That is where I do feel much more at home and accepted and understood. So I know that you moved to New York at some point. Is that the place where you really found your people? I moved to New York because I always knew I would leave Montreal. I wasn't sure if I would end up in LA or New York, but I knew I'd end up in the States. And I landed in New York and instinctively every bone in my body, vis viscerally, my heart, my soul, my brain said, this is where you belong. This is home. You're home. Nice. These are your people. The tourists are walking way too slow. Tell them to hurry up or get off the sidewalk. And I was like, where did I, that sounds like a New Yorker. Where did I channel that? I didn't even know what a New Yorker was. It was my first time there. And it was, and that instinct has never left me. And, and there's certain times in my life where that immediate, oh my God, this is what you're meant to do. That happened the first time I did comedy. I held the microphone. Somebody said, oh, you want to do a set? I was like, I've never done stand-up. It was completely by accident. I was leaving a singles party. I had a man on each arm. Now, what does it take to distract me from a man on each arm? It takes a lot. Apparently, it takes a microphone, a stage, and an audience. <laughs> I'm like the ultimate artist. The guys disappeared. I held the mic. I was like, yeah, this feels absolutely natural. This feels right. And then very next week is June 2018. I had my, I did my first open mic in comedy and I haven't looked back. I've embraced nice. it ever since. This idea of helping creative people 
apply business principles to whatever they're doing in 2022. Yes. That sounds like something that is very valuable. And the reason why I say 2022 is because 50 years ago, if you were a musician or a writer or an actor, the way to get your stuff out into the world is very different than it is in 2022 to get your stuff out in the world. Because basically, you can get whatever you're doing out to the entire planet immediately for free yes. right now. There's a lot of people doing that. There's a lot of content. So you need someone who is smart business-wise, but also has a cre an understanding of creativity. It sounds like that is what you're offering. Creatives have to treat their talent, their art, their career like a business. So relying on a manager, an agent to get you the gigs and get you the auditions and get you in the door and get you the investors, that's part of it. But how do you get that manager and that agent? You need to brand yourself as a business. And this is exactly what I talk about. It's networking skills. It's building strategic relationships. This is what we do in the business world, right? Saying to somebody, hey, how can I help you? And here's what I need. How can you help me? It's not sleazy. It's asking for what you want. It's also offering in return. And that to me is critical. Like networking and people, oh, networking, it's sleazy. But it's not. Networking is about the word itself has gotten a bad rap. But the meaning behind it is building relationships, strategic and meaningful relationships. And artists are all about community. We're, a lot of artists are doing it without realizing it. So I would just say, please take off the negative connotation. I walked into um, an, uh, a class auditioning for TV commercials. I've never taken, I've taken acting classes before, but not one specifically about auditioning for TV commercials. And, and the instructor, the teacher said, it's all about networking. You need to know how to please the client. And the client could be the ad agency. It could be the, uh, the product that you're representing. It could be the brand. It could be the director. I'm like, if it's all about networking, I'm in. I will be landing every, I don't even have to have acting skills. But his point, you know, all kidding aside, it's a blend. It's knowing your craft and being good at what you do. And also understanding that it's not just about you. You are serving clients. Yeah. What do you mean? But can you tell me more about what you mean by networking? Because sure. going back to my 2022 example, if we were talking about 50 years ago, networking was probably the thing back then as well. Like that hasn't changed. People haven't changed in 50 years, really. Technology platforms and the means of communication have. But the way that we connect emotionally and in the way that we make connections hasn't really changed. So it sounds like networking is something that would always be important and valuable in the process. So tell me more about what that is. Oh, I'd be happy to. There's an expression most people know. It's not what you know, it's who you know. That was kind of the generic, oh, it's nepotism, oh, it's building relationships, oh, it's networking. It's more than that. It's not just what you know matters. You have to be good at what you do. It's not just what you know, it's also who you know, and who knows you, and what do they know about you. How do you influence what people know about you? The what they know about you is the branding part of it. Yes, it can be something I put online, 
right? I can say I am good at this. I am skilled at that. I am funny. But me saying I'm funny as a comic is a just redundant. Like it should be obvious. I like <laughs> to make people laugh. That's why I became a comedian. That's completely generic. If I say I took my experience as you know, from being bullied as a short kid, and took it to a message of I don't want other people to feel excluded, and I poke fun at people who make fun of differences. Like my comedy, a lot of it is about differences and not fitting in, and relationships and network. I joke about dating and networking and introverts and extroverts. Those are my themes. That's my life. So that tells you more about my comedy. I don't do political comedy. It's not my message or my story.、Um, so this is why when I got to a point where I would go into business events and business meetings, and the first thing people, the first two things, people would ask me about my comedy. Oh my God, you're doing stand up! We want to come see a show. Or oh, so we read about your dating life on Facebook. What's what's happening this week? What's going on with this guy? And they wouldn't even ask about my business. Now they knew I was a great networking coach and I ran workshops. So this told me this is what people think about, associate me with the dating, the comedy, and yes, the networking was obvious to them already. So knowing, I'll give you another、uh, quote. I didn't make this up, but it's a brilliant quote. Branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Now, how do you get to the point where people say the right things about you when you're not in the room? Not like, oh, let's talk about her behind her back. She's not here. But but that see that sounds very scary and daunting. I remember. So this reminds me of something that happened to me when I was in my twenties. I was in a completely different industry, and I was a sales rep for a chemical company. And I remember I got, my job changed, and I remember my new boss telling me, "Rick, I think the way that you carry yourself in group situations is great. I think you're a great communicator."、Um, I said, and he said, "We need to take this to the next level." He said, "We want to." Rather than focus on what people are saying about you after you talk to them, what are people saying about you when they're observing you across a crowded room? And that was really interesting and scary, but it sounded very powerful, and it sounds similar to what you're saying. Yes, what they say about you, what they observe about you—that presence, that energy, how you show up in a room before you even say anything. Dina, how does the fact that you were a bit of an outsider and picked on as a kid, which is how you are developing how you see yourself in the world and how you see yourself relating to the world in the future, how did that experience affect what you value right now? It's ironic that I felt so excluded as a kid, and I felt so unpopular, and I didn't date, and I didn't have a lot of friends, and and now, and I I was scared to talk to strangers. I I wasn't comfortable with people my own age, let alone complete strangers. But now I am fearless. I I, I truly embrace. I love talking to strangers. I'll talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime. I know that when I walk into a room, people remember me. I have a confidence. I walk in with confidence now. I do fit in in a lot of places, and I think it's ironic that it's gone from one, not extreme to the other, but the very thing that was the hardest for me as a kid is now the thing that is the easiest and most natural, and that is why 
partly why I became a networking coach and a branding coach and why I am so passionate and dedicated to helping other people. And I always say, nobody puts baby in a corner alone on my dance floor, at my party, at my networking event. I don't ever want anyone else to feel excluded, to feel like they're not good enough, like they don't fit in. Because you know what? We None of us fit in to any kind of prescribed label. Dina, a lot of people that grew up being picked on, feeling like an outsider, and all of the stuff that you described would become adults that are very resentful and unhappy, all of the things that you are not. Why do you think that you transformed this experience? Really, you inverted it. Why do you think you did that? We make a choice, right? I've seen people hurt people hurt people. I've seen and experienced both kinds of people, the ones who were hurt, who hurt others, and the ones who are hurt, who become super compassionate. And and I do learn from others. And I look at them, I was like, I want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I've also been through periods where I was like everybody else, not just artists, but everybody where we're angry and resentful and hurtful and fearful and depressed and not the best versions of ourselves. And I, I, I don't like that color on me. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good look. Someone listening to this, if they are a creative individual doing ac- creative activities with creative output, what suggestion would you give to them if they want to make it a bigger part of their lives, bring it to the next level, you know, just move it forward? What would you tell someone? So first of all, the soul, a bit of soul searching, a bit of introspection. When you say take it to the next level, make it a bigger part of your life, figure out how much of a role do you want it to play in your life? What is your intention? Like for me, comedy at first was just fun. It was a creative outlet. I did it once a week or once a month. It eventually became a little bit more and more part of my brand. And now it's a thousand percent part. It's absolutely part of my brand. But that's why I would say to somebody, and what you decide now, if you're like, oh, I just want this to be a hobby, or I think I want to take this into my work and I want to get paid for it and I want it to become my career. All just, you know, it's all valid, but you have to decide. And then you have to make a plan and say, okay, how much time and energy am I going to dedicate to this? And and write it down. Make, this is what I say, make a business plan for your career. Set your goals and then, you know, structure out, okay, what are the projects? What are the tasks? What are the timelines? Who do I need to help me with this? So I have an unbelievable business partner. I wasn't, I didn't go out looking for a partner. We met and we started talking and we took that relationship. And as we started talking, we both realized we had similar visions and we were launching a production company between New York City and Toronto. And every day I wake up grateful that I have somebody to help to help me and someone I can help that we have this shared vision that we're going to make happen together. So I would say that to artists. Is this something you want to do on your own that other people can help you with? Who can help you? Always get feedback from friends, from strangers. Yeah, hire a coach. Um, and then try it, do it. I dedicated a certain amount of hours to open mics. I did, dedicated a certain amount of hours to classes. And as that happened, I realized, oh, I want to do more of this. And how can I make money off of it? And how can I put it into my brand? And if it's just a hobby, take it. It's not just a hobby. It's part of our life. It's part of our soul. Embrace it. 
own it and and be a bit fluid don't judge yourself that for sure don't judge yourself but also of course surround yourself with other creatives who will inspire you and motivate you and support you and for you to do the same in return to support and motivate others be intentional about your art be intentional about designing a life for yourself that includes creativity and commerce and people and that balance between what is your work and what is your play and what brings you joy and happiness and make sure there's room for a party please make sure there's room for a party <laughs> Dina thank you so much for talking to me um you are I think my, the listeners of Eager to Know are really going to appreciate everything that you had to say. I think that it was exciting and interesting and very honest. And I think everyone is going to really appreciate that. Oh, I'm glad. I, I'm glad. Thank you for the opportunity. It's, it's strange. It's my life and I know it and I've lived it. And I always wonder why would somebody else care? I know there's certain things that are interesting. Um, but it, it, you kind of get, you gave me a trip down memory lane. There's things I'd forgotten about, quite frankly. And see, and you helped me. And I, I'm not in therapy right now, even though I should be. So thanks for the session. I just found some <laughs> common threads between stuff from a long time ago to right now. Yeah, you really I, are an amazing interviewer. Rick. You really are. And if you ever, you know, want to switch careers, I think you'd be a great coach or therapist too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.